As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com impact that his that it is having on food for the world so when you're home thinking what is this all about just think about when i was hungry you fed me in the gospel of matthew they love jesus now she loves jesus no i don't know i mean i don't want to judge what's in her heart but at the same time i do i actually do you know we're not we're not called to not judge we're just i mean what do you think discerning is welcome to the show it's officially hump day i thought it was weird i thought that was odd that we were that we were gonna really that it was one it was she was sitting here like trying to quote scripture i thought something was off now i get it now that's what it is she nancy pelosi this was a and welcome to the show. I forgot to introduce myself. Dana Lash here with you. Good to be with you. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse. You got some good stuff out last night if you did. So I was, I was a little, this was the, the accompaniment to the piece that we had, that she had yesterday, where she was saying that, oh, Republicans need to be Republicans and not a cult or something uh, to that effect. And then she decided she was going to try to quote scripture and I, this was in response to the Ukraine uh, bill that because they're they're wanting to send four hundred and fifty something of our how much is it four hundred forty billion I thought it was four hundred forty billion something of our tax dollars over to uh, Ukraine while we are struggling here to find a little formula etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So $40 billion, and there were a number of uh, House Republicans that voted against that yesterday. And I don't know if we want to go through the full list, but there, was a, there, were, a, there were a bunch of them that voted. Because it's true. And also, is it really actually, I mean, whenever you're sending money over to countries like this, you kind of have to ask, is it really actually going to these countries? Because there's a lot of doubt that they actually get it. But, you know, I digress. But that was, and that's supposed to go towards what, the Javelin, I was looking at my list here, the Javelin, uh, anti-tank missiles, and that we apparently are running out of. I don't know if you saw that, we're apparently running out of it. Uh, a number of things. So, this, this is what they're sending. Meanwhile, gas is up 43%. Used cars are up 22%. Food is up over 9%. Shelter, just like your, your, your dwelling uh this all up that's like a by like five percent 
All of this. Meanwhile, we're sending $40 billion uh, in this military and humanitarian aid package. $40 billion. And that's when she was on the floor of the house. When I was hungry, fed. Get to the part about abortion. I knew you were in my mother's womb. I'm just saying. Just get to that part. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was just curious whether or not she was going to try to find a verse for that. That's probably why they haven't given one. Yeah, I, they, they love the Bible when they think that they can twist it to support. I mean, even, you know, the devil can cite scripture. Come on, let's be real. Oh, man. I mean, these are people who have nothing but contempt for Christian views, but they're completely happy to, wait a minute, I think I read something about this in the Bible about, you know, I fed you fish when you were hungry, I gave you javelins when you needed them. I mean, isn't, you know, all of that stuff, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be, that's, that's a Christian to send the money over or something like that. I can't take these people seriously. It's just, it's just crazy. And by the way, the, uh, the package, there were 57 Republicans that voted against it because they didn't even have time to read it. You realize that, right? They only had it like how it was like, how many pages I'm looking at this, uh, they over because Democrats control the House. They overwhelmingly passed it, but um, they didn't get time to read it. They apparently only had it for like a couple of days. I don't even think they had it for a couple of days, right? I think they had it for less than. I was trying to remember because I had asked somebody about. I, well, I asked someone's aid about that. I was like, how many times? How? Yeah, 30 pages and a lot of math. And so you're going to want to check their math, right? Just like you want to check your work, you're going to want to check their math. And they had another, they just jammed it through. That's it. They just jammed it through. I, I don't know. We have, whose money is that, Kane? That's our money. That's whose money? Our money. Our money. Our money. $40 billion. And it exceeded... So Biden wanted it, wanted this. He asked for this last month. It went seven billion over what it what was actually originally requested. I just think it's funny that she said Gospel of Matthew. I mean, when she says it, there's a slight lisp there, like a snake. Just saying. It's just you know you have to, it's just when you fed me, you sent me tanks and ammunition and javelins. That's what you sent me. Well, at least they're kind of sort of maybe reading the Bible. I don't know. Now, inflation, 8.3. This exactly one year ago, we were told it was transitional. This was transitory. That is it. It's, it's like a year ago now. It's transitional. Big Putin, which sounds, I said to this to Kane on break, it sounds like a rap name. Big Putin, sort of, right? I don't think like any, you know, honest to God rapper would ever call themselves that just because Big yeah, Master Putin, because Master P would get mad. I mean, I'm sure there's royalties on that. Yeah. You know, you got licensing, you got trademarking issues, but for real, Big Putin. It's Big Putin prices. He also sounds like a furniture salesman. Come on down, check out these Big Putin prices. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all Big Putin. You got big meat, everything's big. They're just tiny, whoa, little Democrats. Poor, poor little Nancy Pelosi. Lives in a shack on the side of the... Oh, wait, she doesn't? Okay. Poor, poor Congress people that are so super rich. Because they they happen to know how to trade on stuff, Kane. It's amazing how that works. The 
you, you could say it's insider knowledge, but do you really believe that someone who is so righteous as Nancy Pelosi, who's thus standing on the House floor citing Matthew, do you honestly think that pure soul? Yeah, we do. We actually do. And now, this is where I'm going to get mad. Kane, are you ready for more blackouts? You all ready for more blackouts? I mean, we really didn't have any, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the price of energy, everyone's going to be losing their minds when they see their, their electricity bill, their AC. The, the, their, it's going to be bad. There are places already where the electrical grid is under so much strain that rolling blackouts have been enacted again. Now, you know what a great alternative to this is, Kane? What's that? Um, let's just like go all electric. <laughs> let's just have like, let's have solar powered batteries. That's fine, but that's you know, only a little bit. Not every place gets total wait, sun. Wait. But let's go all electric. Electric vehicles to everybody. Plug in your car. It's going to be so great. Plug in your car to the grid. If there's a blackout, I won't, won't be able to charge. But the any, grid is under strain. That's okay. Anything. Plug it in. I don't. It's like a Glade commercial. <laughs> plug it in. Plug it in. Just plug in your car. Just plug it in. So now I was reading this piece. They said that some major cities are already seeing their lights go off because of uh, electricity use overload. Do you know what the temperature is going to be today? It's going to be 93 degrees today in Texas. Well, at least in our part of Texas. It's going to be 93 degrees. If it gets in the 60s, I need a coat and a fire. If it gets in the 90s, I need an ice bath. I don't know. I mean, I like the heat. It's a dry heat, they tell you in Texas. So it's a dry heat but 93 degrees in texas so it's a lot of i mean i already got i've had my ac on i don't know how long i've had my ac on i I think i never turned it off i actually don't know i think it's been going all year long i really honestly have no idea but here we have super super we have high temperatures we got people using electricity the grids are strained and now everyone's like, let's, let's, you know, let's, yay, let's do this. This is very green energy. 80 coal fire plants in 14 states are scheduled to be closed in the next six years. Why? You guys know that? 80 coal fired plants in 14 states are going to be closed in just the next six years. Why? And a lot of regions have just stopped the construction of nuclear power plants because of the, uh, they, they just they just th- th- think that they don't need to have them. You have coal and nuclear that still supply more than 40% of our nation's electricity. Everybody else is using like LNG. Now, the people, and I know because I had someone who told me, well, you realize that, you know, Dana, some of these plants, I actually had someone point this out to me like the last time we were talking about this on there. They were saying, you know, some of these plants, they, uh, they, uh, they're being converted to gas. Yeah, well, the activists are trying to shut down those too. You don't get it. They work. You they converted a number of coal plants to gas, but they're trying to shut those down too. So you're going to have rolling blackouts that are going to be a permanent feature in a lot of play, a lot of parts of this country. There was an interesting Fox Business had a piece about how on the uh, in California and in Austin, Texas, people were without power were without power in the middle of a spring heat wave, and then they always complain. There's so much strange. Gosh, dang it, Greg Abbott! It's all Greg Abbott's fault. It's all the fault of Greg Abbott. Abbott, Abbott, Abbott. It's all his fault. 
Yes, we totally voted for candidates that shut this stuff down. Yes, yes, they did. They shut down these plants because coal and gas are bad. It's why we need to have an electric grid, and it's strained because people keep getting more green vehicles, which is wonderful. I mean, this is what we're dealing with here. Or they want the sky blenders. They put up, they're just the stupidest things. If I... If I was an alien and I saw Earth, I, the first thing I would do is shoot those things down. <laughs> and here you, they said that there was, all the all the progressives in Austin got so mad. Man, the schadenfreude was tasty. It was so good. They got so mad. They were, we were without power. How are we going to take pictures of our sandwiches on our seasonal bread? How are we going to do this? Why is this happening? They, they, they were mad about it. But this is the city where it's, they love the, that ideology loves the green. I don't, see, here's the thing. People like us, we don't dislike the green. I'm all about diversification. I, although sometimes I'm one of those people, I'm like, okay, you have too many choices, right? There should, you know, let's get away with like the salmon, the coral, and the pink. Let's just like have like one, like a couple of them, all right? You don't get so excited. The colors, okay? Don't get so excited. Like some of these, I'm like, there's no difference. Chris isn't colorblind. He's a liar. But at the same time, don't you think that if you're going to have, if you're going to start like forcing people to other forms of energy that they should work? I mean, you should, for the love, we're in 2022. My gosh, why in the hell are we having like old timey blackouts? That's like what they would do in the days of the plague. When they didn't even have power. They're trying to take us all back to that. That's what all that farmhouse shabby sheet crap is. They're trying to get you all back. Learn to live being poor. That's what it all is. I'm coming back to this because I have thoughts. Also, let me tell you what else we got. Uh, They're still leaking. Alito's draft opinion overturning Roe is still the only one that is being circulated inside the Supreme Court according to a new Politico piece. Someone in there is still leaking this. Now, this means possibly that there hasn't been any changes so we're going to talk about this in depth you need to know this we got a lot so you don't want to miss small business owners have you ever had an employee altercation in the workplace an issue with employee attendance or performance issues stop struggling with hr the bad news is that one complaint against your company can turn your world upside down the good news is that bambi is here to help bambi is an hr platform for small business owners and helps implement good hr practices built for businesses like yours bambi's hr autopilot automates your core policies your workplace training and employee feedback Then your U.S.-based dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance, all available by phone, email, or real-time chat. An in-house HR manager can cost up to $80,000 a year, but with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees. Cancel anytime. Visit Bambi.com slash Dana Show today for your free HR audit. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Dana Show. Bambi.com slash Dana Show. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Bambi.com slash Dana Show. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Overdose deaths continue to rise. Fentanyl and meth, this is what the surge are. Those are the key culprits. New data shows a surge in overdose deaths involving fentanyl and meth. The nation saw a 15% increase in deaths from overdoses in 2021. 
Huh. More of the fallout from uh, the pan- the lockdown because a lot of people started they started doing dope. So uh, BLM co-founder Patrice Colors admits she lied when she denied using the group's $6 million Los Angeles mansion only for official business. This woman hosted parties, her son's birthday, holidays. I mean, that's that's crazy. She hosted all this stuff there. She was living there. Come on. A trans child molester was charged with murder uh, after the Los Angeles DA dropped the ball the first time around. And this dude... Got a, he, he was he was let out. Uh, this individual, his name is Hannah Tubbs. He admitted to molesting a ten-year-old girl in a Denny's restaurant in 2014. He pled guilty eight years later after evidence led police to him. Then he started identifying as a woman and was sentenced to only two years in a facility, despite being 26 years old. And he was sentenced to two years in a juvenile facility. This is from their their DA George Gascon. And on Tuesday he pled not guilty to the unrelated 2019 murder of Michael Clark, whose body was found months later in a river. And the county superior court judge in that case referred to the defendant by his birth name and ordered him to be held on a million-dollar bond in the men's jail in Kern County. And Gascon had refused to prosecute Tubbs in an adult court. He wanted to, even, even though he was like 18 when he committed the crime, and it was 26 when he was caught, he insisted that Tubbs... Uh, be tried in a juvenile court. He wrist slapped this guy, and as a result, another man is dead. That's George Gascon. That's his legacy. We got a lot more on the way. Gender affirming care, what's that? When you wear Tommy John, you're that much cooler. Not just because you're in better looking loungewear, because most loungewear just sucks. You can do everything better, thanks to breathable, lightweight fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. I don't sit here, I don't care about telling you about how innovative it is. It feels like it's made from kittens. It's like angels sewed it with kitten fur. I don't know, but it's comfortable and you can lounge at home in it. It's great for summer because the lightweight, stretchy fabric, God bless innovation. So look, this is why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. With over 17 million pairs sold, people dig themselves some Tommy John underwear and loungewear, or as I like to say, leisure wear. You can shop tommyjohn.com slash Dana now and get 20% off your first order. Tommy John fanatics are happy about this. And if you're not a fanatic, you will be. Get 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash Dana. Check out them joggers. Check out them Henleys. tommyjohn.com slash Dana. Seaside for details. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. So that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. Hmm. That's not right, though. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dana Lash. That is Jen Psaki. And what she's saying isn't true. The protests that have been peaceful to date, like right now, but who knows? Lori Lightfoot told everyone to take up arms and go after SCOTUS. And notice how no one in the media, I told you, no one in the media was going to touch that. If I had said, let's go for anybody who's, uh, if I had, if, if say Heller didn't go the way that we thought it would, and that if I had said, let's go and do something about Heller, uh, let's go to call the arms. Can you imagine? I call the media rat bastards and they all freaked out. Can you imagine what I, if I would have said anything like Lightfoot? Democrats own all of this. And I absolutely refuse to be abusively gaslit by these, these, these patriarchal misogynists into thinking that, that we are in any way responsible for 
the, I mean, this is, I said this to Jesse Waters. I'm like, this goes back even further than Antifa. I mean, look at Black Block, Occupy Wall Street. Go back to Weather Underground. This is who they are. And furthermore, she's incorrect. There's a great piece that was, that was written by uh, Eugene Volka, Volok, who uh, actually cited the 18 U.S.C. subsection 1507. And how, no, a federal statute actually bans picketing at judges residences with the intent of influencing the judge and that's exactly what these people are doing here's the statute it's 18 usc subsection 1507 whoever with the intent of interfering with obstructing or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge juror witness or court officer in the discharge of his duty pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent uses any sound truck or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. The end. So what the Biden administration is telling people to do is to break the law. And by the way, there was a provision that Volokh notes as well that was upheld, Cox v. Louisiana, 1965. And that decision is equally applied to residential picketing. And so in the opinion, as it relates to Cox v. Louisiana, it was, quote, not limited to expressive activities that are intended to interfere with, obstruct, or impede the administration of justice. And they said there can be no such question, this is a quote from the uh, decision, that a state has a legitimate interest in protecting its judicial system from the pressures which picketing near a courthouse might create. Since we are committed to a government of laws and not of men, it is of the utmost importance that the administration of justice be absolutely fair and orderly. This court has recognized that unhindered and untrammeled functioning of our courts is part of the very foundation of our constitutional democracy. The safeguards relating to the integrity of the criminal process attend every stage of a proceeding, starting going through all of it. Bottom line, it is absolutely a violation of federal law that the that that the attempt to picket slash protest outside of a courthouse to influence a judge applies also to outside the homes of judges and those who are involved in the process. Now you can argue all you would like, and I get your argument, but you're wrong. There's freedom of speech and freedom of assembly, but we also have due process. It is a cornerstone of our republic. And the attempt to intimidate or coerce a justice on the bench of the highest court in the land with the intimation of of violence or, like Lori Lightfoot outright call for it, this is an absolute violation of federal law. I'm actually really curious as to whether or not Capitol Police have contacted Lori Lightfoot because she, that was an absolute call to violence unequivocal with without dispute an absolute call to violence so no it is not legal to go and picket and protest outside of a justice's home with your signage about 
trying to influence them on a particular case because that is when your expression is seeking to undermine out the republic and the due process of said republic. And that's it's the bottom line of it. It's not the first time that Biden has suggested and violating the law when he told everyone to go out on their balcony and fire their gun off. That was one of them. Now, the Alito draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade is still the only one. Politico says it's still the only one circulating inside the Supreme Court. Now, you know what that piece means, right? This piece means that they're still leaking. Whoever's in there who leaked is still leaking. That's really interesting. Now, excuse me, I was thinking about this. Because Politico and their piece that they ran this morning, they they were saying that his Alito sweeping and blunt draft majority opinion from February overturning Roe remains the court's only circulated draft in the pending Mississippi abortion case. Now, remember, I told you that decision is something that's expected into June, July. And Politico reports that, quote, none of the conservative justices who initially sided with Alito have to date switched their votes. No dissenting draft opinions have circulated from any justice, including the three liberals. They say that that's why no second draft to Alito's majority opinion has been distributed. Now, they're supposed to begin their private closed-door conference this week. And there is an an, an, an internal investigation underway to see who could possibly be leaking this. But whoever's doing it is still talking to Politico. Whoever's doing it is still leaking. And what's interesting about this is that what Politico reported, I mean, if depending you can trust their source, if their source is a reliable one, it seems like their source was reliable, at least with the the draft. The, The... Normally, from what I understand, is after drafts are circulated that they destroy the copies of the draft after a few days as a security purpose. But whoever this person is held on to a copy of it. And the, when, they first pub, when they first released it in the first place, my thought was that it was still the primary position of the justices to overturn Roe v. Wade. And the fact that here we are three months, going on four after this draft, which was first circulated in February, that means that there has not, If I mean, surely, if they held on to this from February and there had been other drafts, they, I mean, logic dictates they would have, and of course experience, they would have absolutely held on to those. But the fact that nothing has come forward from that suggests that there hasn't been. There hasn't been a, a draft rebuttal. There hasn't been any anything of that, of that take. It's, it's interesting. So there's, we, I mean, we really have like maybe a little over a month, a month and a half. And so it seems as though this is the prevalent thought in the Supreme Court. And it, I mean, because it's right, you know, you have the five justice majority that they're, 
unanimous decision on this seems like this is the one. Now, the other thing, too, is if there would have been any kind of rebuttal, we would have I think we would have seen it. And the fact that there isn't. Very interesting. Now, the other thing that I was considering, too, if there hasn't been any other and if the sources are telling Politico that there is not any other, there's no other drafts or rebuttals, that means that this attempt to intimidate the justices failed. Politico said that one person close to the court's conservatives who spoke anonymously said that as, quote, this is the most serious assault on the court, perhaps from within, that the Supreme Court's ever experienced. It's an understatement to say that they are heavily, heavily burdened by this. But I don't think moved from their position. They said that the liberal justices are just as shocked as anyone. That they are uniform in their views and concerns for the integrity of the institution. And it's interesting because this Mississippi case, which is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, I'm curious as to where he's going to fall on this. His, I think, influence as chief justice has been supremely diminished by this and by some of his, even his own rulings. I don't know if he's going to, I mean, everyone's wondering if he's going to sign off on this Alito draft or if he's going to, if he's going to be party to it or if he's, he'll share that opinion or maybe he would do so with, as Politico notes, a more watered down version. Maybe he could, one of the things that's speculated upon, as noted by Politico, is that he could still lobby one of the other five Uh, Republican appointed justices to withdraw their support from Alito and sign on to a more centrist opinion that can hold uphold the Mississippi week 15 the 15 week uh, ban after 15 weeks of ban the Mississippi uh, case while not yet not entirely formally overturning Roe which I don't, don't know how that would happen and it would maintain some kind of guarantee federally a a uniformity of states but it would also kind of steal the thunder from Alito's majority. So it's very interesting. But whoever, one point that's very, very sure is that whoever's in there who leaked it is still in there and is still leaking. And for, I know a lot of people are are curious as to for what purpose, either to move the court or to make them more resolute in their position. But regardless, it's still unacceptable to leak. I don't care if it's if it's there's a conservative advantage here or a progressive advantage here. I mean, that's it's just it's wild to watch. It's wild that there's an investigation. They still don't know the leaker. You tell me, how do you not know at this point? I feel like I would know. If somebody was leaking, oh, hell, I would know. I mean, my gosh, it's, I was watching this case. They call it uh, Wagatha Christie, Um, Wayne Rooney's wife and uh, Vardy's wife over in UK. They're fighting the two, two women because one of the women, the Vardy lady was selling stories on the Rooney's. And so Rooney called her out and Vardy took her to court. They're literally having a slap fight in court. And I'm just fascinated by it. But Rooney found out who was selling stories and leaking to the press on her. You're telling me you can't find out who's doing this in the Supreme Court? Come on. I don't buy it. 
on the way, let me tell you what we got because there's more of this too. There's a there's a new poll out talking about confidence in the Supreme Court. It's collapsed. They're saying it's collapsed since conservatives took control. What a weaselly poll. This was done after the draft came out. And they're attributing it, saying, well, it's after conservatives took control. It's actually probably after the progressives leaked the damn draft to try to force people's hands. That's what it is. We're going to talk about this. And how there's uh, searches for vasectomy soared after the Supreme Court draft leak. I'm totally for those guys getting snipped. Because those are the dudes that I don't want procreating. Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for chapter and verse over at Substack. Jane's Addiction is going on tour with Smashing Pumpkins. Spirits on Fire tour. Tickets uh, start selling Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, this is like, um, oh, I don't know, like 90s kid dream come true. Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction. They're going to be Kane. They're going to be in. Uh, DFW on October 2nd. Just saying. It's weird because everyone's um, everyone's kind of going back and forth as to who's supporting who. Should it be Pumpkins supporting Jane's Addiction or Jane's Addiction supporting Pumpkins? I kind of think Pumpkins should headline. It's Smashing Pumpkins. Like this was... Now, Jane's Addiction super iconic, but Smashing Pumpkins was one of the bands that wrote the soundtrack to my life when I was in the, a teen in the 90s. I mean, good heavens. I mean, and not just, and even even all of uh, Billy Corgan's, his side act, everything that he did after. You know, I went and saw him. I saw him when he played uh, Downtown St. Louis Galaxy. Remember that club? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw him there. I saw him when he played there. Great show. And he's apparently, you know, he's kind of a libertarian, right? Did y'all know this? Billy Corgan's pretty much a libertarian. Interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very some, some of the I stuff that the, he said. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins in the '90s when they were touring around with Pearl Jam, and uh, that was a that was a good show. American Theater in St. Louis. That's when every dude in the '90s, every like every independent act, everybody wanted to sound like Eddie Vedder, so they did like this. Brando thing, but it's not as good as Brando. Like, you know, when Brando was going for the Godfather role, like he transformed with some black shoe polish and cotton balls and he put them in his mouth and he put black shoe polish on his hair and he transformed into the Don when he was in front of Mario Puzo and Al Ruddy and uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. And they were like, oh my gosh, he totally transformed. So everybody, and that's how Eddie Vedder just sings. He sounds like he's got marbles in his mouth. But every dude who wanted to do a band in the 90s, everybody tried to do that. 
all I just remember like my I, I went I was in I graduated in the late 90s and I remember everybody in the college quad whenever there was a band that would play or they would do something everyone was they all tried to do the marble mouth thing I just couldn't handle I'm like stop it stop it stop it you can't do that it just sounds horrible anyway long story short I'm really excited I'm really excited about that I mean is there a bad song from the pumpkins I don't think so I don't think there is a bad pumpkin song. I don't really think there's a bad Jane's Addiction song. There's certain bands like Zeppelin, Aerosmith, uh, Queen, um, Pumpkins, Jane's Addiction. Who else am I thinking? Deep Purple, Thin Lizzy. There's just no bad songs. There are certain groups that they couldn't write a bad song if they tried. I don't even know if they've tried. We got a lot more on the way, including gender affirming care, which really isn't care at all. So many things apparently are care. And Elizabeth Warren wants to fight babies. Yeah, we'll discuss. Stick with us. Hey, folks, my new special Biden's Big Oil Lie is available right now exclusively on the first TV. As gas prices rise, the financial squeeze on American families is getting tighter by the day. And instead of easing that suffering, the administration hides behind calculated red tape regulations to dismantle domestic energy production. And the motivation, why is Biden and the Green Agenda cronies, why have they sold out America so easily? I'll break it all down and explain the massive national security ramifications in Biden's Big Oil Lie. Biden's Big Oil Lie is available now for the First TV subscribers. Just visit thefirsttv.com slash Dana, subscribe and start watching today. And remember, as a First TV subscriber, you not only get access to exclusive specials and content, you're supporting the only network dedicated to the fight for free speech. And that's why they're called The First. So don't miss Biden's Big Oil Lie at thefirsttv.com slash Dana. Uh, I think that, uh, um, you know, it's they're, they're not focused. They're just, all they're focused on, understandably, is the problem they're facing. They get a five and a half percent raise and average raise in their salaries. And yet inflation exceeds that. And they look around the world and they know that a lot of it's extremely complicated. And so they're frustrated. And I don't blame them. I really don't blame them. There's a lot we have to do. And but you know as well, I shouldn't say you, I think what I have to do is explain in simple, straightforward language what's going on. So that's straightforward language. It's the president in his uh, economic press avail yesterday. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. But the he's trying I have to explain a simple straight. It's because you're stupid. You can't understand the inflation because you're dumb. That's what Biden's saying. We are stupid. We're too stupid to understand these big numbers. See, you're just stupid. That's I mean, that's what he said. I got to explain it in simple, straightforward language. What's going on? I want to see him do that. I want to see the how what he means when he says simple, straightforward language. I want to know. I want to know what you're talking about. I want to know. Right? Yeah, why hasn't he done it? (laughs) Love to know. But the, I loved this. This is kind of a flashback. Biden on inflation and then Milton Friedman on inflation. Listen to this. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. 
simply yeah. not true. Oh my gosh. Inflation yes, is. is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of an, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing else. There you go. Milton Friedman's right. Telling you what, he is correct on Monday. So that's just because you're too dumb to understand it. It's because it's not made in D.C. It's made by elves and trees. No, those are the Keebler cookies, Biden. Well, it's ultra mega made. It's triple filtration, ultra mega. Oh, what about mega ultra mega? Oh. Ultra Mega Mega? Wait, no, no, no. Mega Ultra Mega. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so much Mega. It's not just Ultra, it's Mega Ultra. Way more than regular Mega. It's like bowls of total. How many bowls of total does it take? <laughs> One bowl, two bowls, and then a mountain. <laughs> that was one of my favorite commercials as a kid, I have to say. Biden says he doesn't know when prices are going to start coming down. Audio sound by one, especially when, I mean, everything from used cars to eggs is up. Listen. I'm not going to predict that. It ranges depending on which economists you're talking to by the end of this year. And some say it's going to be, it's going to increase next year. But there's others say by the end of this year, you're going to see it come down by the calendar year. I don't know, but I know what we have to do to make sure that we can bring it down. What Bring what down? bring down the the prices does he know what's up i mean let, let's just take a peek at the end of the, year? end of the year it's really important to them you know they're gonna think about it maybe at the end of the year it'll be you know gas is up 44 percent. airline tickets up 33 percent. used cars up 23 percent. hotels 23 percent. suits 22 percent. bacon 18% increase. These are all price increases. Oranges, 17% increase. Tires, 16% increase. Furniture, 15% increase. Milk, 15% increase. Coffee, 14% increase. Deliveries, 14% increase. Bread, 14% increase. Baby food, 13% increase. It's starting to sound like, um, uh, oh gosh, Faith No More song. Soup, 13%. Cereal, 12% increase. Eggs, 10% increase. Dry cleaning, 10% increase based on U.S. CPI data the month of April. And Biden's all, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know the baby formula thing? So I saw this from, um, this is from Fox News Capitol Hill producer. The House is going to hold... There, I have a subcommittee hearing on baby formula shortages next week. Right? No, 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 not next week. The week after that. Oh. So, top priority. Top priority. Um, King? I mean, I have two kids. Mm -hmm. I have kids. You have kids. A lot of people listening have kids. When they were babies... You, you got to feed them yep. a couple times a day at least, right? Oh, yeah, minimum. 
the yeah. smaller even more often. Yeah. Um, yeah, waiting two weeks to feed a baby, that's not a... Dude. It's not a good thing. I mean, that's like Planned Parenthood level. Right. Of just saying. Planned Parenthood got real excited, started rubbing their hands together. What? Baby's not eating for two weeks? Yes. True story. It's true, though. Ghouls. Damned ghouls. That's what they are. What's gender-affirming care? Have you heard this? I saw this story. It's a headline. Gender-affirming care ban goes into effect in Alabama. You know what they're doing? What Do you know what gender-affirming care is? That's what they call interfering in the physical development of children to inject them with hormones or subject them to some unnecessary elective surgery for gender ideology experimentation. That's what gender-affirming care is. In Alabama, they passed a ban on it. They criminalized... They, it's not gender-affirming care. You're screwing up kids' bodies by messing with their development. For transgender non-binary minors, you could face up to a decade in prison if you mutilate a, the body of someone under the age of 19. Kay Ivey signed it into effect. Immediately, everybody started filing their lawsuits. It's not, everything is, the left likes to say everything that they want to do is health care. No, 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 this is health care. Abortion is health care. Uh-huh. Like I've, I mean, I've never been prescribed the dissolution of another human in an acid solution before, but as like a way to cure a cold or anything of that nature, I don't, it's not health care. I wrote about this in a piece yesterday. If you get my newsletter, I wrote about uh, Janet Yellen and her remarks. I was on Jesse Waters last night to talk about that. I mean, she literally said it's better to be dead than it is to be poor. And that's one of the lies that they say. I had a huge conversation with my, with my youngest son about this. So my youngest son wrote a paper for one of his classes, right? And he had to give a speech today. And it was on his hatred of postmodernism. My younger son is, I don't know, man, in some ways he's got like, the, he's got the devotion of John the Baptist. He's got the wit of Paul. He's this very, he's, he's a very interesting cat. And um, he wrote this, it's supposed to be a short speech on how he hates postmodernism. And at one point, and it was funny, at one point, we were having this conversation about, you know, feminism because he, I told him, I said, I think you need to a little, be a little bit more persuasive. I said, there's two schools of thought. You can just like walk out and be like, Hey, what's up? You know, you dumb butts and then drop the mic. I mean, you know, go about the speech like that, or you could actually, you know, persuade them, uh, be a little bit more persuasive. And I was telling him that one of the things that I hate most about postmodernism is this deterioration of female agency. In so many ways, I said, look, since the beginning of the Garden of Eden, since the beginning of mankind, the devil's been trying to put a wedge between not just humans and God, but woman and God since the very beginning. And this continues today. 
because you have women who are told by the postmodernist left that, oh my gosh, uh, you know, the Christian faith has completely devalued you and depreciated you. I'll have you remember that the first people that Jesus appeared to when he uh, was resurrected was to women. He told women, he showed up to women first, which was amazing in an era when women had no agency. They had no legal, no legally recognized anything. Jesus did more. God did more for women than the cottage industry of feminism has ever done. And I was telling him this. I'm like, this is what I hate. One of the things I hate most about postmodernism is because of this wedge that's being driven between continually women and God. Now we have an era where women are literally women's sports in 10 years. If we keep on this track is going to be over. We're already watching women lose spaces to men who are who are appropriating the female sex. It's the erasure of women. And third wave completely celebrates it. Second wave set the stage to allow it. And I was telling him there's different schools of thought in terms of feminism. I don't consider Susan B. Anthony would not recognize third wave. She would recognize second wave. There's a difference in. Can I just inherit the property that my husband and I built when he dies so I'm not homeless? And can I vote? There's a difference between that and, yes, men can have babies. There's a big difference, right? But I told him, I said, not only, I said, do does this feminism devalue women, but they tell them that they're worthless. I'm like, let's go back to everything that the feminism has ever said about the Christian faith and about females is wrong. Go back to Proverbs 31, woman. Everyone talks about the Proverbs 31 woman, but so few people actually read the whole the whole chapter. There was one point in there that I liked where it said that her husband was respected at the gates and she handled the land. She bought fields. She did transactions. She made hires. That woman worked. A Proverbs 31 woman didn't just stay in her home. She also worked as well. She kept busy. Her children were fed. Her home was secure. That's a big lie that the left loves to tell women. That, oh, no, you're supposed to stay home and in the kitchen. They apparently ignore the story of Deborah, the judge, and I could go on and on. It's a huge lie. And I told my son, I said, you know, it's very, very timely in this day and age. I said, but so many women are are being hoodwinked into advocating against their own self-interest. And that is one of the things that I hate. I hate it about postmodernism and I hate it because it's destruction of the nuclear family. I hate it because it encourages not just women to devalue themselves, but men to devalue themselves and their role. You know, I mean, all of that. So that was a conversation that we had. I wrote a little bit about that. I may write a whole separate piece about it for the newsletter. But um, that's the it's a this whole idea of reframing abortion as a women's rights issue is a brilliant Machiavellian scheme that lures all these women into advocating against their own best interest under the guise of a right that progressive men use as a prop to dodge responsibility for the life they co-created. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe 
from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Bill Gates tests positive for coronavirus, even though he had like all the vax boosted everything, all of that stuff. It's weird because you would think that if he would had if he would have been vaccinated that he would not have contracted it because that's what vaccination suggests that it's imparting to you an immunity, right? You're getting an immunity out of it. But oh, it's like a thing. A nonprofit watchdog speaking of um, coronavirus uncovered 350 million dollars in royalties paid to Fauci and others at the National Institute of Health, as reported in the Epic Times, $350 million in undisclosed royalties. Hundreds of its scientists ever at NIH, including their recently departed director, Dr. Francis Collins, and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, how much? I mean, they got a lot beginning from 2010. They got a lot of money. Good. I, I mean, for wow. Well, that's why they stay in these positions so long. It's a moneymaker for them. So a startup electric vehicle maker said to be the next Tesla tanked again, down 87%. And it's hemorrhaging cash and investors. I actually think the front of them looks kind of cool. The uh, Rivian Automotive, but their stock plummeted to some lows. They were considered to be the next Tesla. They said that they're ramping up manufacturing, but they have a lot of supply chain challenges. And then there's inflationary pressures. It's a California-based company. Maybe they should get the hell out of California. That would probably help a lot. Can you imagine trying to create a company of that magnitude during at this time? So coming up, a few things. We've got some woke for you and also Dr. Oz. I'm finding some really unsettling stuff about his anti-2A stance. We'll talk. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Why now use this phrase? 
I, I will tell you is the, is the president's phrase, and the president uh, made those comments himself um, just last week, as you know. And I think what has struck him is how extreme some of the policies and proposals are that a certain wing of the Republican Party that is taking up too much of the Republican Party are, are for and are advocating for. <sighs> That's Jen Psaki. I love... Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here. I love, I almost sent out another piece to you guys last night in the newsletter, and I was like, they're, they're going to get mad at me uh, because I already sent out two. But it was on who created the phrase ultra MAGA. And they're like, Biden's taking credit for it. He's so excited. No, I did ultra, I did, I did, I did ultra MAGA. I did it. So proud. He did, he did something, Kane. Yeah, I did it. I did it. And that helped. He finally did something. I mean, it's the president's phrase, ultra MAGA. I mean, he made those comments. It was focus group. Shut up. We know how this goes. But how funny is that? That they, I mean, that's funny. It's funny to me that they, they're so, he's so proud of it. He's so proud of his phrase that he did. He's so proud. Ultra MAGA. All right. Let's have a conversation about this Dr. Oz dude. I never watched daytime television in my life. So I have no idea. Wasn't he an Oprah guy? And he's running in Pennsylvania. And hmm, he's uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz. And he's running for Senate. And he's got some very problematic. He's got a supremely problematic past as it relates to uh, the Second Amendment. And it's incredible. I don't know how. How in the hell does a guy like this get any kind of Republican endorsement? Anybody want to answer answer me that? My friend Cam Edwards wrote a great piece on him. And also my friend David Kodera. I'm sorry, if you don't have Kodera on your side, you ain't you ain't no two-way guy. You're not. He's always been opposite of the Second Amendment. He he's all for red flag laws, which is a total removal of due process. All the people who are who always say, oh, no, red flags, you know, that's okay. I w- okay, then if for any crime in the country, go ahead and remove due process because that's what this will do. Go ahead. We'll arrest you and you can prove your innocence later. He's been a huge supporter of gun control policies in the past. And he's historically championed red flag laws. What is this? Like, he apparently even, he's, he's like this celebrity surgeon. The Washington Washington Examiner said that because, you know, his money and all that stuff, he's, you know, he'd be a front runner and all this. And here we are now. He's in the race. And he apparently, like they're like with the American College of Physicians, they wanted a ban on semi-automatic weapons. He was part of that. Um, He's he is just I'm not sure. I don't know how he can spend his past support on gun control. I mean, there's no way because he sits here and goes, as a proud gun owner myself, that doesn't mean absolutely anything. That mean that's meaningless. And he had this campaign ad where he came out and he was like, I'm a big Second Amendment supporter. And he goes, the Second Amendment isn't just about hunting. It's about our right to protect ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. He actually called for a New Zealand style ban on like popularly owned rifles. He literally called for this. I'm looking at the transcript of his remarks and I have numerous videos of it. 
he he had he i mean he's he said this and he also tried to say oh i didn't write some of these columns i didn't do it he everything's always misleading that's what he says oh it's misleading okay well he said let's go back in 2018 he said that we need common sense gun laws he also promoted false and misleading information about pediatric firearm deaths that was like one of those things where they say, look how many kids are killed by guns. And when you go and break it down, according to FBI UCRs that go, you know, uh, the latest, latest status from 2019, that they, they loop in like 18 year old gangbangers with kids. That's why they get, I'm not kidding. I wrote a, two books on this. Then he said in 2019 on his uh, Oprah-esque show that red flag laws uh, can help protect you and your family. And this is from YouTube. And WGAL. And then he said, like, there was this story about these columns that he had written. Now, he said that he had written, he says that he disavowed them. His business partner claimed to author them. He said he disavowed a series of columns that that had his byline that argued for gun control. And from 2017 to 2019, there were all kinds of articles that were advocating for gun control legislation initiatives. And because he's branded himself now as, you know, since he started running, is this like pro-Republican, pro-gun Republican. But he said, oh, no, 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 there was these columns that reflected only his business partner's opinion. Okay, Dr. Michael Rosian, do you believe that? I mean, how are you for an, an issue that important? How that doesn't make any sense to me. And so, you know, I'm reading this. I mean, I get that people can change their minds. But uh, Dr. Oz is not presenting his opinions that way. He's coming out and, and, and essentially saying, oh, I've always believed like this. I get that people change their minds on stuff. Some of my dear friends have changed their mind on firearm ownership. Hell, my agent's changing his mind on firearm ownership. But it's not like they, but it's, it's a genuine journey. This is not, I, I, where's the, where's the transition? I can, I mean, how do you go from, yeah, we need common sense reforms and parroting stuff that you hear from moms demand to, oh yes, well, I've been a gun owner my whole life. I mean, how do you do that? You endorse red flag laws in 2019 and now you're denouncing them without at all offering any, let's get him on the show. Get him on the show. I want to know this. I mean, if the guy's changed his mind and I've missed some transition, fine. Let's have a conversation about it. But what matters to me is the journey from position A to position B. If you're doing a 180, I want to know why. So let's get him on. I want to know about his Second Amendment viewpoints. And I, I mean, there's, there's a number of things here that I just find incredibly concerning because I just think with, with a guy that has like this kind of money, uh, how you're, you'd be in that position for a long time. He'd be in that seat for a long time. I would imagine he'd be able to defend it. I want to know what has changed his position. I mean, I'm looking at this piece right here. Because he's, 
There's a, he did a whole episode of his of his show on red flag law. And I'm and I know he's got Trump's endorsement, but I'm just curious. I'm going to tell you something. One of the worst things that Republicans can do is run a fake Republican. I mean, because if people have the opportunity to vote for a Democrat who's pretending to be a Republican or a Democrat, they're going to vote for the Democrat. Watered down conservatism doesn't work. Except with Mitt Romney somehow. I don't know how. Watered down conservatism, watered down liberty has never worked. I've said this for over 10 years. So I'm just, I'm curious. I want to know. I want to know about this. And I think it's, and even though he's running in Pennsylvania, he could be casting a vote that determines, if you're in Montana, he could be casting a vote that determines what you can and can't carry. Who knows? You have the right to know. And we have tons of affiliates in his district, so, in that state. So, we will absolutely, we're going to talk about this. We're going to see if we can get him on. Yeah, Kane's reaching out to him. Doesn't it concern you? I mean, I've just seen all of this stuff and I see people arguing about it. Rick Rennell and all these people are arguing about him on Twitter because apparently there's like somebody in his race. I don't know what's happening. There's just there's so much damn drama with Republicans. Like here you have this amazing position where you're going to you could see the 2010 victory, but it could be magnified and they can't even get some stuff straight. It's just really frustrating. So we're going to reach out to him. I don't want to bad, I, look, I'll badmouth somebody if I know their positions, but I, but I, before I badmouth them, I like to reach out to people. So let's reach out to them. And then if I look, and if his positions are that he's pro red flag and all that, then I'll badmouth them. About that? <laughs> but let's reach out and let's reach out and see. Because there's a lot, there's, I mean, all of my friends and I have, um, I have a lot of respect for the perspective of my friends. I mean, I don't want, I, I I respect their opinions on this. And I agree that I want to know what position the politician holds, right? I want to know if they're being straight with me. If it's a if it's a position that they hold, be honest about it. Don't lie to me so you can get in office and screw me over later. I want to know the position. Be honest about it. So we'll talk about it. Because maybe he's had a 180, maybe he hasn't. I'll find out. We'll get that solved. Now, a few other things, the baby formula situation, which we're going to get into. I told you that the House, they have a subcommittee that's going to, um, they're going to have a hearing on this in two weeks, guys, two weeks. Is it two? Let me look at my calendar here. They're going to have a here. I mean, it's a very pressing problem. I don't know if you've seen some of the shelves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, two weeks on the 25th. Oh my gosh, it's so important. They're going to have a meeting for it. It's May 25th. That's when the subcommittee hearing on baby formula is. That's in two weeks. I told Kane, I'm like, you got to feed babies more than once a day, right? Yeah. You got to feed babies more than once a day. So let's. Babies can't be doing that intermittent fasting thing. No, Kane will come in and be like, I just spent eight hours of eating. I don't know how you can do this. What? Eight hours is nothing. It's more like 16 to 20 hours. That's like a full day. Yeah. That is a full day. That's what intermittent fasting is all about. I don't like that. Like, why do you pretend that you're starving? We have food. <laughs> we, D 
Do you, does that mean you don't even eat your, your bacterial goop in your jar for your tea? No, I'll still drink kombucha. Okay. All right. I just wonder. We got a lot more on the way. We've got uh, coming up, we got some wokery. Today and duh. Wait, what did I have in today? Oh, yeah. Today and duh. As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. The Dana Show, sponsored by 30 years of game-changing Caltech innovation, like the P-50, a new breed of pistol. Innovation. Performance. Caltech. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. Mm, okay, so, oh man, so this popular Florida eatery called Jay's Sandbar Food Boat, it sank on Mother's Day. Workers were still on board, but everybody got out safely. I swear this is like a bar rescue situation, I wonder. Uh, No, for real. He said he's going to rebuild. How did you sink your... How does it sink? He said that... He explained the boat flipped over when the stabilizer pontoon snapped. He said it could have been much worse. We will rebuild. It serves up fusion food, uh, jalapeno stuff, bacon wrap, gator bites to hong kong style pork calamari he said that he said there was nothing like it on the water have you seen the actual boat came no. you haven't seen the boat no. i i mean kudos to them that they got this thing uh afloat, afloat and they kept it afloat because dude i just dropped it in slack it's amazing that they kept that thing afloat yeah, dude, right? That's a boat? That's a that's his floating apparatus. It looks like somehow a, a, a shipping container fell off of a larger boat. It looks like a Borderlands yeah. container. Something you'd build in maybe Fortnite. It's like one of your missions when you got to go and, and fight something in the desert in Borderlands. It's like you come across this, except this is on the water. Wow. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, but I'm... Do, do you have to get permits for that? I'm just curious. I don't know how that works. Do you have to ask the permission from the government to do stuff? I don't know. For for like that down there. I'm just curious because, dude, I... And uh, and it looks like it's kind of a rather small vessel. I'm having a little bit of a what about Bob reaction to this. Like, well, if it's, you know, you're... If your captain is, you know, it's a seaworthy vessel. You know, sure, I'll sail. So <laughs> Sailing. So there's a kitchen and places to sit down and eat in this thing? How? I know. How? I know we got other stories, but I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. How? Okay, so a passenger with no flying experience, a Florida man, landed a plane at a Florida airport after the pilot became incapacitated. So it was a single engine Cessna. The pilot went incoherent. Isn't that why there's always two? Mm-hmm. 
And air, cra- air traffic controller Robert Morgan is a certified flight instructor. He was on a break when the call came in. It was headed out from the Bahamas. He goes, hey, the pilot's incapacitated. The passengers are flying the plane. They have no flying experience. I said, oh, boy. Now, the guy had been around aviation, and he had seen other pilots fly. And Morgan said the guy was really calm. He goes, I don't know how to fly. I don't know how to stop this thing, even if I do get on the runway. So he began guiding the guy step by step. And I mean, I'm, dude, I don't know. He said the landing rated 10 out of 10 in Morgan's view. He goes, I felt like I was going to cry. He had a whole big adrenaline dump. And the condition of the original pilot, who they said had a medical issue, it wasn't immediately known. They haven't reported on it yet. Uh, But that's absolutely terrifying. Going from the Bahamas, so it looks like he's coming from like uh, uh, Nassau, maybe going to into Fort Lauderdale. There's like a smaller airport there where they go out to uh, Nassau and they go out to Exumas and that. Man alive, that's uh, that's just terrifying. Thankfully, no one no one was hurt and everybody you know the plane landed okay. I hope the pilot's okay. What a terrifying experience! But isn't that why they always you? Ha- I'm just saying, you have two pilots. Isn't that kind of why? Just you know. A uh, Key Largo man siphoned diesel because it was too expensive, police say. WFLA, a Largo, oh no, uh, Pinellas County, Florida, excuse me, Largo man was charged after authorities said he siphoned fuel from a work truck because the price of diesel is too expensive. Drew Odell, 35, was caught siphoning some diesel from a truck located on the property of A&A Recycling, LLC. They said he was spotted leaving the premises carrying two five-gallon cans that he did not have before. He was arrested. He said he used a siphoning device. Bond was set at two hundred and fifty dollars. He got charged with petty theft. Two fifty. Two fifty. So did he they didn't say that he made it. So I'm just kinda Yeah, I'm just kinda kinda curious. A Florida man broke into a zoo, beat up the employees and patrons and the deputies. He got hit thirteen charges. He just broke into the zoo and just started punching everybody, screaming threats to people, including a busload of kids. He was so arrested and he's got a million charges. Stick with us, we got a lot more in store. Hey folks, my new special Biden's Big Oil Lie is available right now exclusively on the first TV. As gas prices rise, the financial squeeze on American families is getting tighter by the day. And instead of easing that suffering, the administration hides behind calculated red tape regulations to dismantle domestic energy production. And the motivation, why is Biden and the Green Agenda cronies, why have they sold out America so easily? I'll break it all down and explain the massive national security ramifications in Biden's big oil lie. Biden's big oil lie is available now for the First TV subscribers. Just visit thefirsttv.com slash Dana, subscribe and start watching today. And remember, as a First TV subscriber, you not only get access to exclusive specials and content, you're supporting the only network dedicated to the fight for free speech. And that's why they're called The First. So don't miss Biden's big oil lie at thefirsttv.com slash Dana. How about the yesterday? So just about moving forward, these activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point? Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. 
Uh, we obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it. We, we want it, of course. But to there be is a federal statute on it. Want people's uh, privacy. Oh my gosh! I can't even do all of this. No, this is like Wednesday. It's only Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, Dana Lash here. DanaLash.com. Go to subscribe. You can access Chapter and Verse, my newsletter. Mm. I mean, activists, literally, they were doxing Supreme Court justices. And that has led to all of this mess that we see. Yeah, they don't care about the law. They don't care about it. It was a very interesting press availability yesterday. Do you hear Saki on this audio sound by 10? When... She was being asked everything from inflation. They were talking about the Supreme Court protests, everything. Listen to this. This is interesting. Uh, what the president's done is taken steps to address both of those uh, enormous, uh, enormous challenges uh, and, and tried to put forward solutions to them. Uh, we'll leave it to the Federal Reserve, outside economists, inside economists uh, to, to make other projections on what's next. They've already made projections about when they expect inflation to come down. As he noted today, he is the president. We do, do control all forms of branches of government. That's why he laid out very clearly what he'll continue oh. to do as president. Oh, they, they control all the branches of government. But Big Putin, though. Big Putin. I, I mean, we were told that it was... It was the uh, Putin price hike, right? Yeah. So I thought, big Putin spinning cheese, man. Just saying. <laughs> I have no idea where they came from. So it is theirs, right? That's what I thought. They didn't want you to know that. There was, I have like a million weird little, weird little sound bites from, from all of them yesterday. Uh, whether it was Biden who was talking nonsense, whether it's Jen Psaki who's trying to justify the support of uh, the felony behavior towards the Supreme Court justices, whether it's Biden also, again, telling you that you're too stupid to understand inflation. He has to explain it in super simple terms because you're stupid. And that's ultimately what he said. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. But or maybe that audio soundbite six inflation is the strength, the strength is our, what in the Orwell nonsense is this? And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and, and that strength that we built is inflation. So the Fed should... Hmm? Mm. It's inflation? How is inflation? Or what? Inflation is our strength? Uh... Okay, that doesn't make any sense, but there you go. Man, it was just wild. Here you have 437 a gallon gas, and Democrats are fighting babies. Elizabeth Warren has a piece. Marie Claire's still around. Is it? Yeah, that old cougar magazine. Good on Marie Claire. What type of leopard print is right for you? We'll explore in Marie Claire. <laughs> what type of leggings go best with your heels? Remember what's her face? Uh, Katie Seagal and Married with Children. Yeah. Get you some peg leggings and heels. 
for the readers of Mary Claire. So she decided to write an op-ed over at that Cougar magazine. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren, I am angry but determined to protect Roe. So she's going to go fight babies. It's a cage match. Elizabeth Warren versus babies. Jeez. And when is she not angry? She's always angry about something, right? I still, sidebar, I am still never going to forget. What was that video that she did where her husband wanders in the kitchen? And she acted like someone who had never, look, you, people, I know people who drink beer and who just maybe have a brew at the end of the day or who are hanging in their kitchen. These people did not act like that. She staged in her kitchen. What was she on? Insta Live? What was she doing? Yeah, I think she was. And she's, she, her husband comes in. She's like, oh, hi, honey. Can, can I get you a beer? I'm just here with the kids having a beer. Just drinking a beer with the kids on Instagram Live. Honey, would you would you like a beer? And then he's like, no. And he leaves her to her desperation in the kitchen. <laughs> in my head, I sound like her to the point where I stop because it frightens me. Does it come across that way for you, Kane? Yeah. It's I scared myself. <sighs> but she is uh, basically echoing what Janet Yellen is saying. (laughs) It's better to be dead than it is poor because women, low-income women, young women, moms working two jobs, the far-right extremist Supreme Court is hell-bent on imposing their views on all of us. And then she always likes to try to take everything and make it by about herself and she sits here she says that she wrote this sentence quote i lived in a world in which women bled to death from back alley abortions what that had the the way that these the way that these old goats tell it there were women dying in alleys all across the united states laying there bleeding and dying You know what gets me is that, and I told you guys this before, I grew up poor in a rundown house in Hematite, Missouri. And I was raised by a single mom until I was a teenager. My stepdad entered the picture. And when I was in elementary school, I occasionally had to borrow notebook paper from a cousin because we just couldn't afford it. I used to write stories all the time and my mom would tell me, you know, she would give me scraps of paper from the mail on that. Don't use your good notebook paper to write on. And there were days that we lived on milk, gravy and biscuits because we just couldn't afford anything else. And McDonald's Happy Meal, that was like a treat. And it was rare. But here's the thing. I didn't know the unhappiness of poverty because that was never presented to me as a factor worthy to determine my happiness or influence my perspective of others. And all I knew is that I was a kid and I was living and I was loving life. You know, I'd be eating gravy and milk, uh, milk, gravy and biscuits and I'm loving life because I'm having breakfast for dinner and it was amazing. And that's all I knew. And it was not easy for my mom, but you know what? It's not easy for a lot of moms and life is not a guarantee of easy lack of ease 
doesn't mean presence of discrimination either. Sometimes the worst discrimination comes from the adults in your life that are supposed to love you and care for you. And that's the thing that gets me. Democrats used to mock what they claimed was the Republicans' buttoned-up prudishness for GOP views on sexual responsibility, and it was Democrats and not Republicans who blocked over-the-counter birth control. But Democrats, they do not want to talk about responsibility. They call any kind of discussion of responsibility shaming. You can't shame a woman. It's a way to emotionally black, blackmail people from discussing the scientific cause and effect of sex. Because as I told you, and I got receipts, I sent it out to you last night. It's not teenagers in back seats that are going to get abortions. It's older women who are already mothers that are using it as a form of birth control. People who know how babies are made. When in the world did anybody eliminate the right of women to determine who they want to screw and win? Did I miss a memo? You know what sets women back decades? To keep them in the dark about how babies are made. That's what sets women back. Telling them that pregnancy is something done to them. When rape and incest account for less than 1% of all abortions, according to Planned Parenthood's own figures. It is something doesn't happen to women it's not done to them it's something they choose for themselves by inviting consensual recreational sex and heaven forbid in this society somebody tell a woman to get her some birth control or to be responsible or to quit screwing everything with a pulse heaven forbid prescription birth control is covered by insurance for issues such as endometriosis so don't listen to the people who lie to you and say that it's not That is a fact. I have personal experience with it. I know. And it is as cheap as $10 a pack at Target. I actually went and looked up the latest price last night for you. It's really odd to hear objections about expense from people who think $10 per pill pack is expensive, but a minimum $750 abortion isn't. And the priceless Value of life is not included in that total figure. No, it's not health care. Abortion isn't health care. Pregnancy isn't a, a, a malady. T- doctors don't prescribe dissolving infants' bodies or dismembering them as a way to cure common colds. That's an insulting claim back from the days of plague doctors. And pretending that pregnancy is something forced upon women is, ironically, it's infant, it, it, it infantilizes them. Because it, it argues, by, by promoting that argument, the left is saying that women are too weak or stupid to assume the risks of their own willful actions or to manage the consequence of those actions. It is absolute theft of female agency to argue that women are forced to carry babies when they willingly engage in the act of procreation. It's the, that's the very heart and soul of empowerment. That's where that farce of girl power theater ends. The choice is before conception. And one of the worst insults to any woman is the lowered expectation for her capacity to be a mother. True empowerment rejects that. 
So I'm looking at Elizabeth Warren's op-ed in Cougar Today. Oh, sorry, Marie Claire. All I see is a bunch of self-deprecating, woman-hating, anti-feminist, just word salad. That's not empowerment. That's subjugation. Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So a Brazilian town built a new Jesus statue taller than Christ the Redeemer. I'm actually totally okay with a Jesus off here, like having different statue height competitions of the Lord. A small town in southern Brazil constructed a statue of Jesus Cristo. It's even larger than the famous Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, Encantado, a town of about 23,000 people. That's a small town? 23,000 people? That doesn't seem like a small town, okay? I just gotta say. It's uh, in the Brazilian state of, of uh, Rio Grande do Sul. It's a thousand, a thousand miles south of Rio. Uh, they unveiled the statue. It's known as Cristo uh, Pro Protector or Christ the Protector on April 22nd. It was funded by local volunteer organizations. And they said that, uh, yeah, it is bigger. It's 140 feet, 40 feet taller than Christ the Redeemer in Rio, which is 98 foot. I thought I thought that was actually over 100 feet tall. That's 98 foot, 98 feet tall. So hmm. PETA is mad at Elon Musk because he likes chocolate milk. Sometimes I wonder what PETA's goal is. Are they trying to get, I mean, are they trying to persuade people or just get attention? Because this, like, getting mad over stuff like this does not do it. So Musk said that he enjoyed drinking chocolate milk. He said it's insanely good, just had some. And they said that, uh, they told him it was not good to support the dairy industry. It's not good for the climate. It's as bad as driving a gas guzzler, is what they said. It's one of the worst contributors to climate catastrophe. What happened to caring about the environment they go now chocolate oat milk we can get behind have you ever had chocolate oat milk i have it is horrible it is yeah kane says not as good um it's made by satan it's not as good it's not as good i'm telling you um also josh Hawley introduces a bill to strip disney of a special copyright protection It's called the Copyright Clause Restoration Act. It's going to limit copyright protections to 56 years and make the change retroactive for massive corporations that have been granted unnecessarily long copyright monopolies. I don't know what I think about that. I'm pretty hardcore on IP. I'd like to hear him. I'm sure he could explain it well, but I'm just curious about this. Stick with us because we have a bunch more in store. More of the Dana Show after this. 
politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail, it's The Dana Show. Yeah, I mean, the international, uh, excuse me, the Energy Information Agency, has, it's been bumping around a little because of what's been going on with the EU. The projection was that it would come down a bit by the end of this year, but it is going to take a while. There is no doubt. And because there is additional const- uh, constraint uh, because of the summer driving season. That- she has no clue. I just don't know when it's I just don't know when it's going to happen. When the price that's the energy head of energy. Jennifer Granholm. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I have a couple. I mean, I could win. Gas prices are high. We have no idea when it's going to come down. They don't know when it's going to come down. It, 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 in the meantime, I've, I've been seeing all of these. Let me pull this up. So much concern, which is totally understandable uh, with regards to the formula thing. The formula shortage, which is crazy. Because this is something that totally predates anything with Ukraine. This is a government stupidity issue. Why is, and I've been trying to find, because I, I whenever I, so whenever I'm like approaching this, whenever I approach a subject, I always, I want to under, I want to understand the arguments that are being made against mine. And so I try to find like any kind of justification. I don't understand why that the largest, that Abbott manufacturing facility, I think is considered the largest, uh, manufacturer of formula from what i understand i did not know that and they're still they got shut down over a salmonella thing but apparently it was in an area that had nothing to do with where the formula was actually being processed and so people are wondering why is it that it's still closed then why is it still shut down? They said it's because the, the Abbott manufacturing people say it's not it's totally safe. It's not responsible for any bacteria that had two uh, fatalities, but the FDA won't open it. And they had like a whole investigation. They voluntarily recalled something themselves. But when they went and they did the tests, apparently the formula for the processing was not like the formula itself did not come into any contact with any area that had any kind of like bacteria. And they said that they told FDA, they're like, look, this, there's no way that this came from our facility. And so now we, and the first thing it was, you had supply chain issues and now you, and now this, now production issues, 40% out of stock nationwide share. Texas, Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa, North Dakota, and South Dakota are hardest hit. Why is it the states that we have the most relationship to are the hardest hit, Kane? Hmm. Their out-of-stock rates are 50%. Elsewhere in the country, it's 40%. I, and there are, there are people that I know, women I know, who have kids, and, and one, uh, one of my friends has a baby, and she was, she's a little nervous about this, and she was also talking about recipes that they were using as well that a nutritionist, a pediatric nutritionist, if there's the, I guess they have them for PD, you know, pediatrics, um, had shared with her. And apparently all the moms online are talking about it. The Sturgis plant closing did not help, but uh, this has been a problem for a long time. This is, and we talked a little bit about this timeline yesterday. I was looking at, and I think you should, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to, I only, actually I identify as a doctor. Right, because Kane can identify as a chick, right? That's right. 
they were saying that I was looking at this piece from New York Times and it was discussing U.S. parents and European baby formulas because that is something that they apparently don't it's they don't really allow it here in the United States. There's a problem with it. They said there's more than 50 different baby formulas uh, and all these parents are now parents are trying to buy European formulas, even though technically it's illegal to import them into the U.S. There's all these Facebook groups totally devoted to European formulas and parents are sharing spreadsheets and detailed notes on ingredients and how they compare to U.S. counterparts and all this stuff. And they said that European brands, they offer certain formula options. Like you can apparently get like goat's milk or milk from pasture raised cows, which are totally not existent in any kind of FDA regulated form in the United States. And they said that some seek out European brands because of this perception that they're higher quality or that their regulations are stricter or something. So they have websites that sell imported EU formulas. It's like almost $2 for one six ounce bottle. That's wild. But they were looking at, they had, his name's Anthony Porto. This is from New York Times. He's a pediatric gastroenterologist and pediatrics professor at Yale. He led a study analyzing European formulas, including a number of these popular brands. Some of them I can't even pronounce. And the authors of the study concluded that there are safety concerns from the importation of them The main one being that instructions are usually written in Dutch or German, so English-speaking parents have difficulty in preparing the formulas properly. Uh, The Times says that European formulas are also mixed very differently than U.S. formulas. So one scoop for an ounce of water instead of the U.S. standard of one scoop per two ounces. That means that parents could inadvertently dilute their baby's formula more. And they said it's also impossible to know whether the European formulas were transported under safe temperature conditions. Because European formula shipments are detained if they're detected because the FDA cannot verify whether or not they were transported in the proper climate controlled, you know, whatever it would need to be. And so they they said that, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't try to make your homemade infant formula, all this other stuff. But mm, so some of the moms that I that I've just seen talking about all of this uh, they were like for instance they said the only formula that meets the EU's requirement for they're they're talking about DHA and all that kind of stuff Uh, they were talking about because it looks like it's FDA regulations and just anti-competitive subsidies kind of that are driving this it's really wild and the some of what they're talking about with home prepared formula there was um, one new dietitian and nutritionist which was saying that she was disgusted at federal agencies unwilling to stick their necks out about home prepared formula um and they're actually very nervous about sharing how to do it like how to like a, a recipe for traditional evaporated milk which babies apparently had for decades before, you know, all of this stuff, and how um, using caro syrup instead of honey or any other sweetener, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's, there's a lot out there, but what gets me is how the government's like, don't make anything yourself. Don't do it. Just wait. These moms cannot wait. This is insane. And, and I know it's easy. Look, as somebody who... who 
I nurse two children. So I, I get it. I get it. Not every mom can. And I think that some people need to withhold that. Not every mom can. I know moms who wanted to and they weren't able to do it. And, and for actual like physical reasons, they were not able to do it. So, and, and not everybody can. Not everybody, it's not a year, that, that part, and ain't none of your damn business. But you can't sit here and tell moms to wait. Are you kidding me? Have you seen, I, there, if you look on Twitter, if you look at like, like search for formula or you look on Reddit or somewhere, it is crazy. All of these, whether it's a Target, a CVS, uh, Walgreens, Walmart, uh, name a grocery store chain. There are all of these pictures of all of these empty formula aisles. It is wild all over the country. Someone's like, I just took this last night or I just took this this morning. It is wild to see. Absolutely wild to see. And yeah, babies can tell the difference. I mean, there's, and some babies are just picky eaters. This is the big thing. The nutrient deficiencies are something that's, that, that, I think would be concerning like vitamin C or something like that. I don't know if you do like a multivitamin drop or something like that. I don't know how that would work, but it is. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, but there are, there are things that I mean, people, babies didn't have formula for the longest time. But what gets me is that here you have progressives that are talking so much about destruction of life in the womb, but not about feeding the kids outside of it. Just saying. I got to share this story with you before you have to you have to be aware of it because I have to be. This is from the Telegraph, British paper. So in Spain, there is a draft bill that has been proposed giving women menstrual leave. A three day menstrual leave period, no pun intended, offered to women in Spain. If they have severe pain, they'll be allowed to take a leave from work for up to three days under a reform plan. Why would that not be just sick? Because like, we have endometriosis in my family, and I had a cousin that, I mean, I've, I mean, I had a cousin that really dealt with it, and it, it can be very serious. It, the severity, you know, varies, but um, that isn't that like a that's like a sick leave issue. But they said that the in Spain, apparently, Japan, South Korea, and Indonesia, and Zambia all grant menstrual leave. Isn't that something a business should decide? Not the government. Also, what if you're a dude who identifies as a menstruating woman? I'm not going to say the next sentence in my head, but I'm just saying. You know? Just wondering. Just wondering. Hmm. Just wondering. Yeah, they. I, I don't understand that aspect. Of, what are, are we just going to give stuff? Like everything that a woman deals Can we stop treating every single thing that women deal with as like a... Like a bad, like a, a malady. Can we? Everything's bad. Everything's like a, you know. Can we just stop? Women forever live with this, and now all of a sudden, women today can't. Oh, golly! Come on. Kane, <sighs> you want cramps? You can have time off, don't you? Yeah, I want time off for cramps. <laughs> I want. Um, I'd like time off for hangovers too. I mean, if that's something they're willing to hand out. It's a sick issue. It's a sickness. Yeah, it's a. It's a physical, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like a sickness issue. I get it. Yeah. Uh, a few other things. Uh, Democrats are kind of starting to turn on each other about, uh, well, you're going to see them fighting about elitism. I may have something separate coming out about this. Um, but they are kind of starting very slowly to turn on each other ahead of midterms. I'm really interested in seeing what the postmortem or at least how they deal with it after November 
when they end up losing a lot of influence in D.C. and maybe control of Congress, I'm really interested in seeing what that postmortem looks like and whether or not they actually do one and take responsibility for it. I'm, I'm really interested. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I just want to play, ooh, I just want to play air guitar. That's all I want to do. Welcome back to the show. A little Elastica from Justine Frischman's, one of her best musical accomplishments ever. I think she was with uh, Damon Auburn from, uh, gosh, I just forgot the, uh, Blur at this time, at the time. This is like 90s stuff. This is like mid-90s, really cool, like indie Brit rock. Really fun, great album. I know this whole album by heart. It was so great. So it's, um, you know, I was thinking about this, this whole era when I saw this tweet by David Gergen. Man, Gen X gets just ignored, really literally like the forgotten generation. You know what I mean? David Gergen tweeted this like a few, like last night. He said, baby boomers have been running the country for nearly three decades. Some successes, a number of disappointments. It's time to pass the baton to younger generations. Millennials and Gen Z. Please join us for a conversation with about my new book on the subject. What? I met David Gergen's a very tall, serious man. He's more, he's like an unfunny Brit Hume. But Brit Hume's smarter. Maybe not as tall. But I go, man, Gen X really is the forgotten generation. Right? Gen X, man. It's our turn at the levers. Come on. Gemini Christmas. And then someone was, someone said that Gen X best accomplishment is raising millennials. And I was like, millennials are from young baby boomers and old Gen Xers. Most Gen X are raising Gen Z. Thank you. I'm at the tail end of Gen X, but I'm not, I'm sure as hell not a millennial. It's weird. I think it's arbitrary, entirely arbitrary. But it's just, why did, Kane, why do we always get left out, man? I know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Those were the days, though, man. Man, uh, that was the last time things were fun before all these sissies came around. Right. No offense, you guys, because we, you know, no offense to the millennials and Gen Z that work on the show. No offense. But we're just, you know, we're, but we're used to, we like being left alone, right? We're the latchkey kids. We like being left alone, you know? All we wanted was a Pepsi. All we wanted was a Pepsi. That's right. You know, little suicidal tendencies. We should have came up with that, man. But I just, um, I really think that would be better off to have Gen X running things because we want to be left alone and we work hard and we just want to listen to our tunes and, you know, stop electing octogenarians. And we just want to, you know, just be left alone. That's it. Really the mainly that's like our platform. Gen X 2024. Be left alone. I think some of that actually resonates with Gen Z. Yeah, I can I just be like I really like Gen Z way more, not just because I'm raising some Gen Z, but I just, man, my the funniest thing ever is to hear because my mom is a boomer, like your parents are boomers. To hear boomers talk about millennials is the funniest thing in the world. It is hysterical, and I really think that I mean because Gen X is raising Gen Z, and I'm I mean I look at Gen Z, I'm like man, if they get any bit of what you know of our mentality millennials are in for a brawl a brawl so funny 
Yeah. All right. Today in stupidity, Mr. Kane. All right. It's going to be a press secretary, soon to be pundit. Okay. Uh, Jen Psaki. Oh, this that's is, right, right, right. This is what she said about uh, mm-hmm. Biden not believing that massive spending actually affects inflation. Listen. So then just to make sure, like, what he's saying is the pandemic is distinct from the spending in response to the pandemic, and he does not believe the size of the spending mattered with regard to inflation. Again, uh, no. No. He doesn't believe the massive spending hmm. affects inflation. Whew. Mm-hmm. Economically stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much but so. Apparently, politically useful. So, have we have we heard back from Doctor Oz's people yet? yet. We're going to stay on it because I've got questions. I don't go away, so we need to have them questions answered. That does it for us today. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter. You're going to be wanting to read it this late. Substack. Find it at DanaLash.com. Over at subscribe. Have a great night, guys.